Good morning, Calvary Church. I mean, that was incredible to, to be able to hear from Mama Sweetie there in Katale, Kenya. And so beautiful to see that display of worship and uh, just her heart and all of their heart there uh, of the way that we're doing church uh, in, this, in this day. And I, so I pray that we would all be encouraged by that and inspired by that of remembering really what it means to, to worship God and to be part of this beautiful church that are the people of God, not just of Calvary Church here in Santa Ana, but the people of God all around the world. Uh, so today we have the privilege to continue to dig into God's word, to, to learn, to worship, and, and right now as we look into what this means to rest and the rest that we need. I think a lot of us are exhausted in this season where maybe even some are having to do more in this time, but I know even sometimes where we'll be at home and you're at home all day and you find yourself exhausted at the end of the day. And part of that is because rest and relaxation in God's eyes aren't the same thing. And so that's why what we're going to look at today as we look into the book of Hebrews, but also into the book of John, where we talk about resting through abiding. That real rest, true rest, is only found through intimacy and abiding with Jesus himself. And so we remember last week, last week, we were in Hebrews 3, and we saw this verse in Hebrews 3.15 of God speaking to the people of Israel when he was telling them, you can go into the promised land. The promised land is right here in front of you, and yet they would not. And so it says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did when they provoked me. That we remember this of we can and will hear from the voice of God. And when God's voice speaks to us, we should not harden our hearts to that. So I want to encourage you to be open to hearing from the voice of God. Open to hearing from God's voice. And the easiest and the primary way that we are able to hear directly from God and his voice is through this book, from the Bible, the word of God itself. We can be assured that this is the voice of God speaking directly to us. And that is our, our first step in that. But I wholeheartedly believe that we can hear from the Holy Spirit of God as he speaks to us, as we have a sense of his guiding, his leading in our life. But oftentimes we don't give any space, any stillness, we don't ever stop talking long enough to be able to listen. So I want to encourage us to be open to hearing from the voice of God. Part of a kind of where I got like even inspired of what I want to talk about today a little bit was actually all the way back in October. And in October, uh, our pastoral staff was on a retreat. We have a, an annual retreat where we get away. We go to some place like Forest Home or this last fall we were at uh, a place called Mount Craggs, a Salvation Army camp up in Malibu Canyon. And we were there and what we do on this retreat is we'll have some times of, of prayer together, of meeting together, of meals together, but also one of the main things we do is we are sent out for two times of these three hours 
hour solo times, just times of silence and solitude with God, where it's just us in a devotional time of prayer and reading a scripture, but also giving space for, for listening and, and listening for God's voice. And so I was on one of these, and I'm reading devotionally through Psalm 46, uh, which is that sort of very famous passage. Part of it is, uh, be still and know that I am God. And I'm reading this and being, uh, just thinking about how we were in the middle of this, this season. This is October, just last year, of leading towards Christmas. We're in the middle of this each one, reach one uh, mission that, and vision that we had for our church. And we're getting ready for all sorts of things that were coming up from light the night to Christmas tree lighting to Christmas Eve services, heading towards Easter, and just a lot of work and effort going into that stuff. And I'm reading these different translations, and even in Psalm 46, of cease striving and know that I am God. And we, we even saw this last week as we're reading about what it means to rest, is to trust in the power of God, to recognize that you can't do everything yourself. I can't do everything myself. I can't defeat the giants of the promised land myself, but only God's power can do that. So we trust, and then so we rest in God's power. So I was reading that, and then, so I was thinking about even that whole each one, reach one vision, and all the work that we had, and my mind's starting to think about that. And then that led me into uh, John 6. And John 6 uh, led me even to, to verse 40. So let me, let me go straight there. John 6 verse 40 says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. So this is Jesus speaking, and Jesus is saying this, that this is the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is? I think we have these moments in our life where we wonder and we are, are pursuing and hoping, God, just show me your will for my life. And we've got a verse here where Jesus says, this is the will of God, that everyone would see Jesus. Everyone would see Jesus and believe in him, and in him we will have eternal life, and that he will raise us up on the last day. That's the will of God. And so that's the heart of each one reach one. And that's the, like one of the key verses of that is that we would be about the will of God and everything we would do is pursuing that. So I'm reading that and that's you know, encouraging me in that whole way of we work hard towards God's purposes. That we want to be people that even when we think about rest... Rest comes after working hard. It comes before working hard and after working hard. That's where we need this kind of abiding rest. But we're working hard towards this vision that God has given us. And so as then I'm kind of just, I'm reading more and more and, and kind of like reading along more into this story of John 6, which is a wild story of Jesus has got all of his disciples, not just the 12, but many, many, many more uh, people that were following Jesus are around him. And he says these words in John 6, 56 to 57, where he says this, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, 
and I live because of the Father. So he who eats me, he also will live because of me. And this, this verse is like, when you think about it, you got to step back for a second, okay, and realize this comes before Jesus has died and rose again. This comes before the upper room where Jesus does the whole Last Supper and uh, what we think of as communion of eating of the bread and drinking from the cup representing his flesh and his blood. This is before all of that. There's no context for them about that here. And so people hear him say, you know, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood is the creepiest thing that you could ever hear. And it says in verse 66 that many left when they heard it. Because they're just like, what in the world is he talking about? Like, where I am not going to eat you. I'm not going to drink your blood. That's, that's crazy talk. And so people are leaving, they're bailing out because of how like, odd to them this message is. But you see in the middle there where it says, when we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we abide in him and he abides in us. It's this, this, uh, this symbol that they will find out more coming up very soon what this means, like actually of it being of us remembering and thanking him and being part of recognizing his death and identifying in his death and resurrection. There, there's so much going on there in that. But for us to recognize this is all about abiding in him, that we rest Deeply, that real rest is found through intimacy with Jesus. And interestingly enough, it's in this book of John also where you get to John 13 and, and onward where you see this is this whole part in the upper room where he does introduce communion to them at this last supper. But it is there in John 15 actually, like while he's giving this this amazing like, sermon to them essentially in the midst of this time that he says, abide in me and I in you. And he says that I am the vine and you are the branches. So we are these branches. Jesus is the vine. And just like a branch would, would need to take nutrients from the vine, that, that branch eats and drinks from the vine, and that's how it abides in him. Jesus is saying, we eat his flesh and drink his blood, and we are abiding in him. That we need this very, very close intimacy with Jesus and to be drawing from him in that rest to be able to move into work again. So we abide, we work, we abide. And it continues as this cycle and even just uh, in John 7, Jesus says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That we thirst, we have these deep thirsts. He's not talking about being thirsty for, for water as I would be now as I've been talking for 10 minutes. But he's talking about a deeper thirst, a thirst that we have for living water, for more of Jesus, as he said to the woman at the well earlier in this book as well. And that when we thirst, we drink from him and we receive from him. 
And that's this sense of resting in him and that he provides that refreshment, that rejuvenation for us. Because, you see, rest is not laziness. Rest is not even the absence of work. Rest is not even relaxation. Rest is different. Rest is more meaningful than that. This kind of rest that we're talking about. It is resting in Jesus and drawing from him for the refreshment that we need, but also the empowerment that we need to get back to work again, to be able to serve him, to further his mission that everyone would see Jesus and believe in him and have eternal life. I believe deeply that what we need for this is silence and stillness. That silence and stillness are keys for us to be able to abide in him. That we need to give some of this space to allow a a breathing space, to allow us to be able to hear. Often our prayer lives are filled with talking so much that we don't ever get to listen. Our lives are filled with busyness. Our lives are filled with even doing good things or working for God so much that we don't get to hear from him. And so we need to allow that space. Uh, I want us to just consider even what are some ways, what are some spaces that we can have to have that kind of intimacy with him. And so I wanted to invite up uh, my brother Armando Reyes, the pastor of our Hispanic ministry, to share a little bit for him of the story of what that looks like, that need for him. So welcome, Armando, please. Thank you. First of all, um, good morning to every Calvary family, and thank you, Pastor Eric, for uh, this opportunity to join you in this new way of worshiping God as a church. I want to tell you that I have been a suicide um, survival for more than 30 years. And for me, resting in the Lord is not only the best way to enjoy my relationship with Jesus Christ, but it means survival. I lived the uh, first 21 years of my life without having experienced true faith in Christ. This led me to live a tormented, um, with a tormented spirit. Why? Also, I had a certain knowledge of God uh, from my childhood and adolescence in Mexico. I had the conception of a God to whom all my, my words were never enough to please him and always look at me as a condemned sinner and without peace. No one presented me the gospel of grace. So when I came to Christ in my despair and anguish, I found the greatest rest I had ever experienced. My first experiences of intimacy 
with Jesus were incredible. Because I remember that every Sunday at five in the morning, I will leave my house and go to the highest mountain in Monterrey, Mexico, called Cerro de la Silla. It was an act of faith to be able to make it to the top because I had no physical condition. But only one thing motivated me. I knew that reaching to the top, I will, I will have a special encounter with Jesus. And so it happened. The silence and disconnection of everything that occupied my heart, plus the, the landscape, the beautiful landscape around me, helps me to easily connect with Jesus. My new friend, my best friend. So I learned to survive depending on him. But I must admit that in the years that I have, I have been a pastor, I discovered that it had been more difficult to me to find those times of rest and intimacy with Jesus than when I didn't have all these responsibilities. Now, I have to be more intentional and having a spiritual coach helps me consider to set, to set a date with Jesus as part of my agenda. There are occasions when instead of coming to my office, I go to Cabrillo Park or Peter's Canyon to have an appointment with Jesus. I have discovered that when I'm more I am more intentional about having that date. The place is not so important anymore, but the condition of my heart. So I have had good times of intimacy with Jesus while I am on a cardio machine listening to music that inspires me or messages from the Word of God. Or even when I came to my office and closed the door for an hour or two, just looking to rest in him. One thing is for sure, although I forget to spend time with him, with Jesus, he continues to call my, to cause my attention every day to meet me. So, Sometimes I forgot my appointment, and he's not judging me or complaining me. He's just waiting. He's waiting to spend this special time for me because he knows that I need rest, and you need rest too. We are, we are, are going to continue with the sermon, Pastor Eric. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Armando. So great to be able to hear from you. Thanks for sharing. Uh, 
I agree. Like a lot of the ways that are best for me to be able to spend time with the Lord are to get away to a hike or to a place in nature somewhere on the beach or on a long run or a long bike ride to be able to kind of turn off whatever I'm listening to you and just just be able to to spend that time with the Lord, to hear from him. I've even had these like where I'm running and running far and I got all of a sudden I'm just like raising my hands while running and like worshiping. You might think I'm crazy for that, but it actually does happen. Um, and so just to have this, I have this chair in my house. I like to sit and to spend that time. I think a lot of that even is, um, you know, we have these full agendas. We have these full schedules in our life and we, we make appointments for everything like Pastor Armando is saying. And, and maybe for some of us, we're so scheduled, we need to make an appointment with God, to schedule him into our day. Whatever you need, but to recognize that rest, real rest is not just about watching TV or relaxing in in that kind of way or even reading a book, but real rest will depend on some time to be still, to be silent. So I want to encourage you this week to take some time this week. We all get a day off on Monday. Hopefully most of us get a day off on Monday to take some time there to remember those who sacrificed for us, but also take some time to be still and remember the one in Jesus Christ who sacrificed all for us and to practice some of that stillness. I'd like to read a poem to you that has really encouraged me in this. It's called Fire by Judy Brown. Listen to these words as you consider how you can allow space and stillness to do something even greater than you've ever done before. Fire. What makes a fire burn is space between the logs, a breathing space. Too much of a good thing, too many logs packed in too tight can douse the flames almost as surely as a pail of water. So building fires requires attention to the spaces in between as much as to the wood. When we are able to build open spaces in the same way we have learned to pile on logs, then we come to see how it is fuel and the absence of fuel together that make fire possible. We only need to lay a log lightly from time to time. A fire grows simply because the space is there with openings in which the flame knows just how it wants to burn can find its way. That we give this space. We allow this space intentionally because this space is what helps that fire to burn even more. If we keep laying a log and a log over and over and over again, we can consume it and quench it. But give that space for the Lord to work. And today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, but listen for that. And so now as we sing this song, this song of the blessing, I'd encourage you to be able to listen to it. Maybe even today you don't sing. You can if you want, but maybe take this moment just to allow these words from God's word 
to wash over you, to speak over you, to give you this refreshment and an intimacy, knowing how much the heart of God is for you. So let's pray now. And then as we hear from this beautiful song. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And we thank you so much, Lord, that you would speak to us. Lord, we are, we are nothing. And you are the God of the universe. You've given us your word, the Holy Scriptures, God. But you also, would you speak to us, God, today? Lord, would we know how much you love us, how much your grace is there for us, how much power, Lord, you have entrusted to us. Lord, may we trust in your power today to do the things that we would think are impossible. And so, God, may we find our rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen.